Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Before My Time. My name is Gelsey Laurie and I am your host. We are joined, as always, by our best friend, producer, and co-host, Matt Kelly. And we are going to talk about Catherine the Great. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Well, Gelsey, the third season of a show that I've never watched, The Great, is dropping right now. Uh, Which, did you know that that show was about Catherine the Great? Because I certainly did not. You really didn't? No, you know what I thought it was because it gave me the same visual vibe was, did you watch The Favorite, that movie The Favorite from a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought that it was like a movie, like a TV show spinoff of that movie. Okay. Um, Because that was like, again, I've seen nothing but commercials for The Great, so I have no clue. But, but the movie The Favorite was like Victorian times, but it had like this weird pseudo like there would be these moments that felt like weirdly out of place where they'd be like doing 2023 dancing to like classic victorian music and like very strange moments like that in it yeah, so I, know what you mean. I mean the previews literally are like Catherine, Catherine the great Catherine the great like that's i've never seen it either it's been on my list for a while because it's like right up my alley and i but hear it's great like everyone i know who watches it says it lives up to its name when i first saw the commercials for it i was like I really like her. And I was like, oh, I I know, like, she's probably supposed to be young. But, like, I feel like Catherine's too young to play this, like, ruler. But then the more I did research, I was like, oh, no, she literally was a child. (laughs) Well, and that leads us to where we are today, which is a person that I don't think either one of us knows a ton about. But we decided let's talk about Catherine the Great to tie into season three of The Great. And also, side note to listeners... Um, I'm dog sitting right now. So if you hear the weird little growls or clickety clacks on my end, uh, it's a a porky little corgi that they call Oslo that is 
Don't believe not, anything. Don't believe anything Matt's saying. Yeah. It's him. He just it's, had bad Mexican food last night because he lives in Pennsylvania and there's no yeah. good Mexican food mm. there. California is where it's at, and it's his stomach, and he's making the noise. So. That's mostly true. Also, he does not seem <laughs> to be liking the thunderstorm that's happening where I'm at. So, <laughs> so tell us about Catherine the Great. <laughs> All right. So she was um, becomes the Empress of Russia, which I did know that. Um, I'm going to kind of give that backstory. She did a lot of good things for Russia as a whole and then kind of had some fun, kinky rumors, and that's kind of what she's known for the best. But I didn't know she's not Russian. She's German, actually. So she was born May 2nd, 1729, as Sophie Frederick Auguste. Her father was a minor German prince, and her mother, Joanne, was a minor aristocrat. Now, her mother, Joanne, had this, like, she was kind of very upset about her husband that she ended up marrying. She was like, he's not high status enough. She really dreamed about this lush life that she was not getting. So she's already really jaded. She wanted a male heir. She thought that would make her success bigger and could kind of leave lead her to the up and ups. But she got her, her she was born Sophie, but just for confusion's sake, we're gonna keep calling her Catherine this whole time. So she got Catherine instead of a male. And because of this, she was only 17 when she had her, but she treated Catherine very poorly. She would call her useless, ugly, and tell her she's worthless to her face. So just kind of really like, well, fuck you. But Catherine had a a wit to her and a, a cunningness that did capture a lot of people. One being Peter the Great, she met as a child. So he arranges for his grandson, Peter Ulrich, to meet Catherine um, when he's 11 years old and she's 10. Now, this is years before they're going to end up being betrothed. Uh, he was a very sickly and neurotic person and was deeply damaged, unlike his grandfather, Peter the Great, who was a dashing warrior and reformed and all of these things. But he was left in the care of a sadistic tutor who would beat him, torture him and humiliate him. He would make him stand on a chair at dinnertime with like a picture of a donkey around his neck and whip him terribly. And so that's kind of important to know, too, because he's going to he's he was very abused as a child. It still doesn't excuse anything, but it kind of makes sense where things are going to go with yeah. that up. So on December 5th, 1741, the Empress of Russia, Elizabeth, who was daughter of Peter the Great, was, um, she was kind of a character. She was very obsessed with clothes and spectacle and lived the good life on a state budget. Um, and she forbade anyone else to wear pink except for herself. So she was this real out there, but she was childless and she invites Peter Ulrich to be her son. So he um, is of Prussian blood. So she brings him to Moscow and two years later, writes Joanna in 1743, a letter basically saying, come to Moscow and visit with plans to marry his son um, or her newly now kind of adoptive son. It's a weird situation to Catherine or vice versa. Have Catherine married. That's more like it. Now, side note, Peter did not like Russia. He was very diehard, dedicated and loyal to Prussia and really was miserable in Russia. So when he knew Catherine was coming, he thought, oh, this will be great. She's not from here either. We can kind of connect on this. Someone else who knows my pain, how terrible this is. Catherine was 14 years old at the time when she comes. So that's why she's very young, which seems young, but she was a very desirable bachelor, bachelorette at the time and had many wedding uh, suitors at that time, one being her mother's own brother, which ugh, gets a little weird. Mm. Um, Victorian and times, baby. <laughs> <laughs> is this before the Victorian times? I don't Lisa. I'll be totally honest. I don't know what any of the times are outside of what the decades are of the 90s. The and days. Yeah, yeah, I think Victorian's <laughs> a little later, to be honest, but whatever. So, yeah, but I was going to say, you think, you know, what does Catherine think about being married off? And it's like, 
it's the 18th century Europe. It's what you do. Yeah. Again, how many times on this podcast I'm like, I'm so grateful to be alive in 2023. Yeah, for a show that is like about celebrating the olden days, we are both very proud to be in 2023 oh simultaneously. Crothed and my marriage isn't arranged. I can freely swipe on Bumble as much as I want. <laughs> let destiny fuck me over instead it's great <laughs> so this match we have peter and Catherine. it's a match made in hell they couldn't be more opposites they couldn't not get along peter hates Catherine. he hated russia he hated elizabeth as i said Catherine fell in love with russia she had grown up with um, lutheranism but their religion in russia was exotic orthodox so she studies converts learns russian like really was also gaining the popularity of the people. And Peter didn't like that. He's like, fuck you, little bitch. Um, wow. So, I know. <laughs> During conversion, um, Elizabeth renames her from Sophie to Yekaterina, um, which translates to Catherine. So her actual Russian name is Yekaterina, which I thought was really pretty. Nice. So she, like I said, she grows popular in court and Peter just grows crueler and crueler to her. And he was threatening her and telling her that um, – he would beat her when they're married, and that's the only way to control a woman. Which is he wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Horrible joke, but <laughs> I mean, definitely, yeah, definitely in that time period, I'm sure that that was the common. Th I mean, this is honestly, it's probably still a very common. Th <sighs> I don't want to go there. That's yeah, true. we won't go there. Is this around the same time that you always hear about, like the rule of thumb, where it's just like, oh, that horrible origin story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so before their wedding, Peter gets smallpox. It takes him about six weeks to recover and his face just gets fucked. He's like super scarred and Catherine couldn't even bear to look at him. So he locks himself in his room and goes into heavy isolation. And he would spend his time in his room dressing his servants as Prussian army in Prussian army uniforms and playing soldiers. So he still was like such a child. And I was like, loser. I read that. And I was like, ha ha, nerd. <laughs> All I can think of, have you ever seen Amadeus? Yes. Just describing that, I'm imagining like the way that they show Amadeus, right? Like that it's like a grown man who's just like, <laughs> like, like just yes, like yes. super childish and like ridiculous. And, and then you say this, sorry guys, we're going to go on the tangents that we so famously do. But anytime I hear Amadeus, I always think of the 1980s song, Rock Me Amadeus. And when I think of that song, I can only think of my favorite Simpsons episode when they do Planet of the Apes, yeah. the musical. And they're like, Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. Can I play the piano anymore? <laughs> of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> <laughs> best simpsons episode of all time of course, okay, anyway. of course you the former traveling rock of ages performer would love the simpsons version of a jukebox musical <laughs> like, so I, I remember the first time i saw that episode with my sister like i was a kid on the, i just remember it and we thought it was the funniest thing we've ever seen okay anyways so we got this like nerd ass punk playing soldiers he basically has like the worst acne scars, hashtag smallpox. So they have their wedding August 21st, 1745. And that night, obviously, you know, back in the old Z daisies, you have to go consummate the marriage after because the main goal, the only reason everyone got married and did this was to have heirs and have sons, not women. Sorry, girls, we're worth nothing except being beaten for. No, you were baby factories. You were baby factories. There you go. We're there to get fucked, produce babies, hopefully get fucked again, produce more babies, and then beaten. 
she gets uh that night Catherine waits in the sexy time chambers for hours she's there she's like okay i'm in the sexy time room i was told to come here because they have like a specific chamber for that too it was like this is the sexy time room which people still do that there's like a whole show on netflix how to build a sex room and they're having their own sexy time room. anyways so she waits peter finally comes in so drunk he just like immediately passes out she's like cool and he's like he's like nothing because he's passed out drunk so she has extreme pressure from Elizabeth to get pregnant and Peter is actively avoiding sex, which <laughs> again, nerd, like no guy ever. I was like, Peter, <laughs> you literally like your one job right now is to go fuck this chick. And she's like young. And so she's probably, I'm going to be, no, I'm not. Well, no, look, look I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this from things I've heard, <laughs> which I do not include myself in this conversation. I'm just saying from things I've heard, Kind of common after a long period of marriage, I guess. They just got married. Oh, yeah. No, he's got he's no like, excuses. He's got he's nothing. He's like 15 or 16 years old. Like, he's ready to go. He's at his sexual prime. Yes. And he's like, okay, that's true. Like, well, listen to this. So he's uh, so one evening Catherine came into the room because, you know, she's it's it's not even about her wanting to get some action. It's just like she's being like has so much pressure from the Empress of Russia. You need to get pregnant. Like, where the fuck is my heir? Uh, which was the common thing that was very um, big for Marie Antoinette went through the exact same thing too. She had a very difficult time getting pregnant and even getting Louis XIV to, to sleep with her. Um, but one evening, Catherine came into their room to find him putting a rat he held, um, caught on trial. When she inquired, he declared the rat guilty and sliced off his head. She's like, I've married a lunatic. I don't know why that like tickled me so. And I was like, this guy's crazy. She thought the exact same thing. And so she started having affairs. <laughs> she was like, now I do. And kind of there's a, a thought that like she hadn't affairs in hopes of getting pregnant because obviously they don't have paternity tests at this time. And she's like, I just need to get pregnant. And she's also like, I kind of need to get fucked. Yeah. I'm in my teen years and we all know what that's like. So she has an affair with a man named Sergei Saltyakov. Uh, I'm going to ruin all these names because Russia. Um, she did get pregnant multiple times, but she always miscarried. So she went nine years without producing a child, which is huge in the oldie timesy royal court days. But on October 1st, 1754, baby Paul is born. Um, but Elizabeth came in and immediately took baby Paul for herself to raise him as her own. And even after it was one of like the worst labors, it just took everything out. She um, supposedly came in and just like took the baby immediately and left Catherine lying weak, fatigued, soaked in her own sweat and blood, just can't move. And she's like, and eh, my baby's gone. And I was like, that's fucked up. So poor Catherine. But now that there's a baby, Catherine was ignored in court and she spent a lot of time in isolation. You know, people are like, we got what we want. And she just slowly kind of was pushed aside. So while she kind of was dealing with this period of isolation, she was reading a lot of Voltaire and plotting her return and how she was going to get back in. So Peter has this big birthday and supposedly like when she had birth, Peter basically was like really drunk, popped his head and was said, good. And like left. was like, well done in here. And like he is. Ugh. Okay. So Peter has this big birthday. She's not invited, but she crashes the party and she invites herself in unannounced. She just is dressed to the nines, has this whole pageantry insane confidence and she starts snubbing everyone who's ignored her so she comes back in just like fuck you all here i am it's awesome i love this about her um she starts cozying up to the british ambassador and accepting bribes for info so she's starting to do a lot of uh international affairs and and make deals and and in the 1750s she really buttered up a lot of people um, that were in positions of power by the end of the decade she has taken up two more important lovers one is 
Stanislaw Poniatowski, um, who becomes the future or is the future king of Poland, and Grigory Orlov, who is eventually going to be the man that helps her become empress. She has the birth of her second child, Anna Petrovna, and a highly she's getting uh, really high threats now from Peter. He's just drunk all the time. So it's, I wrote down Peter, Dick, slang, question mark. I was like, maybe this is why one of the slang words for Dick is your Peter because he's a <laughs> fucking dick. I was like, this is definitely where this possibly came from because fuck him. His little I also, I, Russian I do, army soldiers and little rats that are guilty. I want to give you credit for the fact that you are at least attempting to say every single one of these Russian words where I would have words and names where I would have absolutely not done either. I have to try. I think that's part of the entertainment for people is like, let's <laughs> be a complete fucking idiot, which I am. And you guys all know that. And yet you're still here listening. I don't know why, but thank you. <laughs> I need love. In 1756, a war breaks out. It's a seven year war, which involves a lot of different, almost the whole world. But that pits Russia against Prussia. Ooh, guess who doesn't like this? Peter, the dick. Um, by 1762, Peter has an affair with a woman named Elizaveta Vorontseva. And he starts parading around in a Prussian uniform. Like when we're in, we, Russia is in, all of a sudden, I <laughs> in Russia. I'm like, my name is Gelsi Lavrilova. No, I'm Russian. I can say, Privyat Katila. That's, hi, how are you? I'm good. Okay, doesn't matter. So he's parading around in a Prussian uniform in Russia when Russia is at war with Prussia. So that doesn't go over well. Um, and he told Catherine when he becomes emperor, he's going to have her head, she, he's going to shave her head and throw her in a convent. So he's just like, the threats are getting worse and worse. He's bullying her so much. And unfortunately, January 5th, 1762, Elizabeth dies, making Peter the emperor. Peter yeah, steps up and just starts inflicting terrible humiliation on Catherine. He um, parades her around in public and tries to get her to confess that Paul is illegitimate and, you know, just is making her life hell. He hates Russia and now he's in charge of Russia. So he's trying to dismantle the country. He takes church properties and strips them and gives them to Lutheran ministries, forces army units to toast to Frederick the Great, who was the head of Prussia. July 8th, 1762 comes around and Catherine's lover, Gregory, said, let's overthrow this dickwad. Like, literally, that was in quotes. That's what Oh, said. wow. <laughs> I mean, man, they were wild back then. Literally, he said, <laughs> right now. And he basically was like, like, right now. Like, let's go right now. So they do. They go organize a coup. She uh, gets together with some armies that everyone's like, yeah, fuck him. We love Russia, not Prussia, which is a little confusing. Um <clears throat> And kind of gets it together. So July 9th, 1762, Catherine is declared the Empress, Catherine II. And with an army led by Catherine, they go to Peter. He gets word of this and immediately is like, I'm fucked. So he does what every strong man would do. Throws himself at her feet and begs for mercy. Because he's a dick. He's hoping to be exiled to Prussia is what he's like. Exile me. Send me to Prussia. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're going on house arrest here in Russia. Eight days later, he's found dead. There's no exact record of exactly what happened. I think they found him strangled or that's the rumor. So it, it's likely that they had him killed because he mm. – um, so he's dead. September 22nd, 1762, Catherine is crowned the empress with a lavish ceremony in Kremlin. 
And in 1767, she puts out an instruction for change called the Instruction of Catherine the Great, and it sent out her vision for the future. She wanted Russia to conform to the ideals of enlightenment. She wanted the innocent, you know, guilt, uh, innocent until proven guilty. The country's 8 million serfs considered people, which they weren't at the time, which all of this sounds crazy to us now. We're like, mm, you duh. But, you know, again, at that time, we're being married off. We're beating our women. People are not considered people. And you're all just fucking guilty, just like that rat. You are guilty as that fucking rat. <laughs> this is a bombshell in 18th century Russia and, and Europe. Everyone's like, I'm sorry, what? Things kind of go over well-ish that, but other Euro uh, European countries are aghast. And France even bans copies of instruction to avoid a revolution. Can we take a moment and laugh at that? Dumb <laughs> <laughs> so France, a revolution's coming and you're so fucked. <laughs> little pamphlets aren't going to save you. <laughs> Okay, there we go. That was my little rant. But her committee fell to squabbling. They were kind of like, Ugh. and then a war breaks out, the Russo-Turkish War of 1768 to 1774, and the whole idea is forgotten. So they're like, eh. she's like, we're busy now, and, and it kind of gets let go. So that declamates Catherine's domestic agenda. Um, she does gain power and captures Crema. She drops the government by committee and just forces her reforms through her personal decree. Here's some of the good stuff. Then she goes forward and does do this. She opens the first school for orphans, the first hospitals for the destitute, the um, encourages girls into education, city oh, governments reform to better serve the people. And she has a bunch of cities built, one being the port of Odessa, which was huge for immigration and just a huge economic positive economic. There's a there's a better word than that. Whatever. You get what I'm yeah, saying. I, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to use more educated vocabulary. My brain went. <sighs> she also um, has the first detailed mapping of Russia done. She was in a meeting and there was a small village or town they were discussing. And she asked her table or like, oh, well, where is that? And no one knew where it was. And even like no coast of Russia had been drawn before. Even the person that came to do the map, they said people who had done maps before were didn't really know it much. So was kind of a big thing for Russia. So the funny thing though, back on the enlightenment pamphlet and her initial kind of word, when she's like the 8 million serfs, they are now considered people. Like they have, so most um, of those serfs were slaves owned by landlords in the country. And most of those landlords were her main support. So she did a complete about face. It was like, just kidding. never mind an increased serfdom. She's like, nah, I'd never said that. What? We move on to her sexual ex escapades. So this is probably, it is, it's kind of sad because of everything that Catherine the Great did do and what she overcame, she was remembered most and rumored most for her sexual escapades. And that's how she kind of went down in history, um, which is kind of fucked because Louis the 15th was infamous for how many mistresses he had. And like um, Salim the third literally had a harem in his palace. So it's men do it. And it's like, whatever. Of course a woman does it. Um, that's what she's remembered for. So she has an affair. Another lover she takes is Grigory Potemkin, Potemkin um, who helped her overthrow Peter initially. Um, and he was in imperial court. He, she summoned him to court in 1774, and they become lovers by the end of the year. She elevates him to prince and kind of acts as a co-ruler. So it's she was very focused on small details and this, that, and he was a big picture kind of a thinker. So he really helped her grow to see the bigger dream and and force. And so they, they did do really well in that aspect, but by 1780, they both were aware that their love of power was killing their romantic relationship. 
So they made a deal. Um, he was to remain a political advisor, but in the bedroom, he was going to be replaced with a string of anonymous studs. So this is where she did take a lot of lovers, but you know, she realized you don't, you don't sleep with people in the office. I still stick to that rule. I'm a very big advocate of you don't shit where you eat. Um, it gets messy and it did for her and she understood. So she says, Hey, uh, she did say there's a quote of her about all her affairs, though, and why she had so many. She said, the trouble is that my heart is loath to remain even one hour without love. So she's horny a lot, but she also, I think, genuinely loved that connection and this, that. And so there were rumors, though, that she was a nympho. And there was even the most famous rumor that she fucked a horse. And once she died, there was even a rumor going around that she was killed by a horse crushing her that she was trying to have sex with. <laughs> and that's obviously not true like none of that happened maybe a little bit of an info hey it, she was just i don't even know she was a nympho women I... have needs too so remember that big laughing fit i had earlier well mm -hmm. here it comes 1789 a french revolution breaks out one more time <laughs> you fucking idiots so the monarchs around europe though start questioning the enlightenment and because of all this catherine's like what enlightenment voltaire who she just completely like drops it and denies it um there becomes i i, I was getting really burnt out on research so there's like this whole thing with poland and they like do this tribe whatever there's kind of a war it matters but it kind of doesn't because i was like whatever um so gregory potemkin just brushing over really important historical facts i'm like it does, it's not important so um gregory her not anymore lover but now co-ruler whatever dies 1791 and catherine becomes so isolated and lonely she does really consider him the love of her life he wasn't supposed to be a very good looking guy but he was like a don't give two flying fucks kind of a guy and that cocky energy us girls like the bad boy she was drawn to and did love him. So she starts spending all of her attention on her grandson, Alexander, and she decides to pass Paul in the line of who's next to take the throne as an heir and puts it straight to Alexander. Well, guess who that pisses off? Paul. Paul's not unlike his father, Peter. So after all this, randomly, November 5th, 1796, Catherine is found on the floor by a stroke. Hmm. The next day she dies, unfortunately. And because at this moment, Alexander's too young to take the throne, Paul takes the throne. So I'm like, uh, sure, you didn't do that at all, Paul, did you? But he immediately trashes his mother's legacy. He has all of her paperwork and um, papers burnt in case that he was left out of the will or something's found. He just immediately does that. He redigs up Peter, has a proper funeral burying, because I don't think he really got that buries him and then buries Catherine right next to him, which is just the most evil, sick joke. I mean, I get it. Like they're married, but she now has to lie for eternity. Like you said, goes on after next to her asshole dickwad husband, Peter, who plays with rats and little soldiers. And thus we have Catherine the Great. I think you could just throw that title on you. Like you could Don be Gelsey the Great. I, what, didn't you think that was coming next? I am now. <laughs> well, Gelsey... I don't know what our post chat is going to be just yet. So we'll find out after yeah. these messages. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Question for you, Matt. Is there any movie, what would be your favorite, and it can be a TV show too, because I mean, I know you haven't seen Catherine the Great, but um, of a storytelling of a royal woman that you like or watched the most? I think I'm going to give an answer and then you're going to be like, oh, that's what I was going to say. But I always really liked uh, Marie Antoinette that came out a couple years ago with Kirsten Antoinette. Dunst. Antoinette. Is this a Pennsylvania, California thing? No, Marie I just, I like to sound fancy. Yeah, I mean, I think that I that's, it. you and I both have this love um, and maybe it's our love of like Baz Luhrmann or whatever, but we, we have a, a love of Doing something that's in oldie timesy, but like, yeah, with like a little bit of a modern flair. So when that one was like a lot of, yeah, like it was like a lot of like eighties music throughout it and and stuff like that. And yeah, Night's Tale, same vibe. Um, And I like the colors they used. It was all like the fashion was very stayed true, but it was like these bright pinks and neon, like things that wouldn't have been used as, you know, obviously you're like, no, but um, I loved it. Yeah. I, I really liked that movie too. Listeners, please let us know what movie about a female royal oldie timesy this that that you like is it elizabeth is it cleopatra the oldie one with uh lovely elizabeth taylor what is it or do you agree with us marie antoinette let us know on instagram you can find us at before my time underscore podcast or on facebook just type in before my time we will pop up right on our wall dm us comment on our latest post also if you have a moment we would love if you gave us a review maybe five stars it just helps us get in front of more listeners like yourself thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time bye Network.